everyone, this is Ashley Latecki Ellen Boss with Sky House Herb School and Apothecary. And today I'm going to be showing you how to make fire cider with ingredients from your kitchen. So this should be a pretty easy recipe to follow. Um, I'm going to show you how to make about two cups of fire cider. So this is a little less than the standard recipe, which makes for a full quart, which is about four cups. And I already have a huge batch that I made um, for our family this winter. So I'm gonna be making a smaller batch in this half quart mason jar. So if you have a half quart mason jar or a half quart jar that had pickles in it or other things, you can use that. Uh, this recipe for fire cider is a very, very old one. Now, fire cider, we, we're not sure exactly where or when this recipe originated, um, but I've met people from all over the world who have a similar recipe that they learned from their grandmother and aunt um, for getting rid of colds or preventing colds and flus. So this is a really, this is a staple. And so a lot of these ingredients you'll recognize from maybe your own home remedy kit or from recipes that maybe your family has used um, in your tradition. So let's get started. I wanna first talk about what the ingredients are and then I'll tell you uh, how much of them you'll need and then we'll get started. So to make two cups, you're gonna need about five cloves of garlic. Um, I've already peeled mine because that's such a, that's probably the longest part of this is just peeling the, peeling the garlic. So you'll need about five cloves of garlic. Um, you will need half of an onion. I like purple onions, but you could use a white onion. Yellow is a little too sweet, but you know, in a pinch you could use any onion. So about half of an onion, one jalapeno pepper. You'll need about a quarter cup of ginger and we're gonna chop that up. You'll need one lemon and we're gonna use the zest of this lemon. You're gonna need half of an orange. We're gonna use the zest for that as of that as well. Um, you'll need about a quarter cup of horseradish. Now you can use either prepared horseradish um, or um, oh, I guess I didn't bring it up. Or you can use a full horseradish fruit. So you can buy horseradish at most grocery stores or markets, and you can grate that yourself. But today I'm just going to be using prepared because it's a little easier and I find that it works just as well. You will also need about half a tablespoon of turmeric root. And that's all. And then your, your, your jar and a cutting board and knife. Okay. So let's get started. So the first ingredient we wanna put in is our garlic. So I'm just gonna take my garlic here. Let's move this out of the way. Not that chopping is that exciting, but while you're here, you might as well see. So I'm just gonna chop up my garlic. Now, it doesn't have to be super, super fine. You just wanna get it small enough to where it's going to be able to absorb into the liquid, which I didn't mention. That's another thing you're gonna need. You're gonna need two different liquids. You're gonna need apple cider vinegar. You can use any kind of apple cider vinegar. I like Brad's because it has the mother in it, which is the these little floaty things. This is part of the active culture um, that makes it really active. Um, I also like, um, what is that other brand? I can see it in my head, but I can't remember it. It's like spring something. Um, but there's a lot of really good apple cider vinegars out there. Hey, you know what? You can make your own by just fermenting apple juice with a mother culture. So you could make your own apple cider by taking one of the cultures from the prepared bottle, sticking it into some apple juice, 
letting it sit. I've done that before. It tastes amazing. And I, what I like about making my own apple cider vinegar is that you get to control kind of how uh, vinegary it gets. And so I made one batch that was so good because I left it to be a little bit sweet. So it had this really nice kind of vinegar, but sweet. And I used it as a drinking vinegar. So I would just keep it in the refrigerator and then I would just drink it. I would add it to water and I would drink it. And that's really good for indigestion, um, for people that had reflux um, and just really helping the digestive process along. So if you have any digestive issues, you may want to consider doing that for yourself um, or you can just buy it, you know, buy it from the shelf and that's pretty good too. All right, so I've got my five cloves of garlic chopped up here. And then let's just slide this. So now you can start to just see what I'm doing. So I'm just gonna add this garlic. I'm just gonna use my hand here and pour it on in. And you know, I know garlic has different size, um, different size cloves. I always choose the big ones for this. I know sometimes you can get little small ones, but go for the five biggest ones in the whole bulb. All right, so there's our garlic. Next, I'm gonna do the onion. And this is an onion that I started using already in the kitchen, which is fine. So, you know, everything with fire cider that Rosemary Gladstar teaches, um, this is her, this is from her traditional recipe. And Rosemary is really the, she's considered to be like the grandmother of Western herbalism. And she started an herb school um, up north, I believe it was in, I can't remember if it was Maine or Vermont. Um, I think it was in Vermont. And she is just a beloved herbalist and she really brought this recipe back in some of her first books in the 1970s or 80s. And uh, so this is from her, this is her recipe. I'm just cutting it in half though because I'm using a smaller jar. All right, so I'm just gonna cut up my onion. I'm gonna try not to cry because I'm one of those people that is really sensitive. So, so my eyes tend to really tear up when I cut onions. It makes this demoing this live uh, a little bit more of a challenge, but hey, you might be crying with me too, which is no big deal. Tears are, tears are good for the soul. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna just add this on in. And, you know, again, I said, you know, we can eyeball this. So, you know, my onions vary in size. So I'm gonna actually use just about this much, even though it's not half of this huge red onion. I think that's actually gonna be good um, because I wanna leave enough room for the other things. Now here, I'm gonna put everything that I'm not using into my compost. Now, for those of you that don't compost, um, I would recommend it. It's really good to do for your garden um, and for the planet. So I use this little, I got this on Amazon. It's just a little full circle um, uh, silicone tub. And I put these uh, compost bags in there and I keep it in my freezer. Cause one thing that I just have really not liked about composting over the years is the smell or how it, how it can attract uh, gnats or flies if you leave it on the counter. So I have this and I just keep it in the freezer and then I bundle it up and I put it, put it right into my larger compost bags. And that's worked really, really well for me. All right, now we've got a jalapeno pepper. Now this jalapeno pepper looks a little bit old. It's been in my fridge for a while. So, um, oh, jalapeno pepper 101. Don't use your hands. So I'm gonna use this little bit of uh, 
parchment paper, which we're going to use later, um, because jalapeno juice, I learned this the hard way, is that it will stick to your skin. And even if you wash your hands, it will, it can still really make your skin burn. So I'm going to de-seed this jalapeno pepper. So I'm just going to very carefully cut out this middle part that has the seeds and remove it off to the side. Then I'm gonna take this and rinse it and try to rinse out all of the seeds. All right, and then this top part here is a little mushy. So I'm just gonna put this off to the side and we're gonna use this part. I'm gonna get these seeds off because these seeds are so hot and you're not gonna want those in. I mean, we want this to be spicy, but we don't want it to, you know, burn, burn our burn our tongues, right? Like to the point of no return. All right, so I'm just gonna cut this little puppy up and still see a seed here. I'm just gonna bring that off to the side. All right, that looks good. I'm gonna cut this part off over here. Typically my jalapeno situation is not this uh, cumbersome, but this jalapeno is a little old, so I have to cut off the brown parts. All right, so I'm just gonna chop that up. Oh, I hear my little one's calling me. Let's stick this in here. This is the thing about the nice thing about uh, making this stuff at home is that you can always pause it. So I'll be right back. All right, so I got the kids all set up. I got my jalapeno in here. Um, so if any of you moms are out there, you know that sometimes things get interrupted and that's okay. You can just stop and pick up where you left. This is not like baking pastries or anything where you have to have perfect timing. This is very much easygoing kitchen lesson. So the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to put in our horseradish. So again, I just have some organic horseradish here that I bought from the store already prepared and chopped, which is very convenient. Um, but again, you know, if you like to go full old school rustic, then definitely go ahead. I've done both. And I haven't noticed a huge difference, to be honest, with the final product between using fresh and using the prepared. So I'm an eyeballer. So I'm just gonna do, a, I'm gonna eyeball here about a quarter cup. So watch me go. So put in about a quarter cup of horseradish. Looks about good. Put the cap back on, right? Stick that over here. Next, we're going to do ginger. So with your ginger, um, you just want to, you know, I don't peel it because I'm not going to be eating it as a slurry. Some people like to use their fire cider as a, um, you know, they like to make it into something that they can eat. Um, so I'm just going to cut off some of these more knobby edges that don't have a lot of the juices in them and just put those off to the side and compost them. But otherwise, I'm just going to chop my, chop my ginger and 
you know, again, I want to chop it finely enough because the more surface area that's in contact with the apple cider vinegar, the more medicine that's going to come out. You could also grate your ginger. Um, I have done that before. That works quite nicely. So if you prefer that, it, it can take, it's probably takes about the same amount of time, maybe a little bit less, but then you got to clean your grater, which is a thing. So, um, but you can do, do it either way. Both ways seem to work well. You are going to get more surface area with your grated ginger. So in some of that juice is going to come out a little bit more easily. So that would be one of the pros of doing the grating is that you're going to get a juice. You're going to get more of that juice out. So you might get a stronger ginger flavor in your overall blend. Chop this up finely. You know, the other thing that I've done is I put all of this in a blender. I have a Vitamix, but you could really use any blender and you can just chop it, you know, kind of coarsely and then add it all into the blender with the apple cider vinegar. And then that's a nice way too to chop it a little bit more finely, get more of the juices out. Now, when I do it that way, I usually peel the ginger because then I can spread it on toast. I can use it as a toast. And I know we haven't talked about how do you use fire cider yet? I'm gonna wait till the end to tell you all the different ways you can use it. So I'm gonna add about a quarter cup of my grated ginger. Push it down a little bit here. Doesn't that look beautiful? It's a very beautiful beautiful colors going on. Now we're gonna add in some turmeric. And this is some turmeric root that was made by my friends in Puerto Rico at Plenitude Farm. Um, I would recommend checking them out. Plenitude, um, they're an eco village and they teach young children and they teach local people how to grow their own food sustainably. They also just started a cow protection um, program called Cow Care where they um, take in cows that uh, have been either displaced or um, have been put for slaughter and they take care of them. And it's pretty cool. So you can look them up, plentitudepr.org. And uh, so this turmeric root, I am just going to use about half a tablespoon. I'm just gonna sprinkle that in. And what's so cool about this turmeric root, do you see how I have it in two bags? It's because it's so sticky and resinous. Um, it's just like it, the stickiness is actually coming out of the plastic. I should probably put it into glass, but I'll do that another day. <laughs> um, but it's really, really good, good turmeric root. And then I'm going to do my zesting. So I've got a little zester here. I'm going to clean up my space by just dumping all of this right into that compost. And then I'm going to take uh, my zester here and I'm gonna zest off, I'm gonna zest up one lemon. So you can use a regular grater. You don't have to use a zester. Zesters are nice though, because they um, just get that top layer. And when you're zesting, you don't wanna get down to the white. You really wanna just get off the yellow part because that's the part that has all of the oils that you want. So I'm just kind of giving this a little bit of a, a grate or a little bit of a rub here across the surface. You can see I'm gathering all of the zest on the inside of my zester. And I'm just gonna do that for the whole lemon. And this gives it a really nice taste, a really lemony, fresh taste, along with all the spicy notes, the garlic, the ginger, the jalapeno, the horseradish. So it's a really, it's actually a very nice tasting blend. 
um, although it is hot and it needs to be hot because it is designed to heat up the body and activate the immune system. So this is, you know, you definitely do want it to be spicy, but you also want to have these other flavors. And then here's an orange and I am just going to zest about half of this orange and put that in and see how I'm not going all the way down to the white. I'm just getting the surface off so where you can see those little bit, those little, uh, they're like the little follicles where the, um, where the essential oils and the volatile oils are being held. All right. So maybe I'll start telling you a little bit about what you're gonna use fire cider for in case you're like, okay, this is great, but why would I do this? This is a great remedy for cold season. Uh, you know, oftentimes as the weather starts to change from winter to spring and from summer into autumn and autumn into fall, our bodies, as the weather transitions, our body can get a little bit out of whack and our immune systems can become a little bit weakened. And so fire cider heats up by, heats up the body by, by um, creating a strong effect on the circulatory system, which then helps the immune system gets where it, get to where it needs to be in the body. Um, it also, because of the garlic and the ginger and the onion, it has a strong antibiotic and antiseptic and antiviral qualities to it. So if you have a, you know, if you're fighting off a virus, if you're fighting off, um, you know, bacterial infection, these are all going to be really, uh, your body's immune system and, and your body's ability to fight these things off is going to be very strengthened if you're taking something like fire cider. So that's what, you know, those are the reasons why you, you do want to take it um, and have it on hand. You know, I use fire cider when I feel like I'm starting to come down with a cold. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about exactly how to use it once we do the last part. So now we've got all of our herbs in here. I've got my apple cider vinegar. I'm just going to fill it to the top. Oh, you know what I didn't add in? Rosemary Gladstar's little magic touch is adding a, adding a little bit of rosemary. So let's do that in honor of sweet rosemary gladstar. We'll just add in a few teaspoons of dried rosemary. You can use fresh too. All right, now let's fill her up. So I'm just gonna fill it all the way up to the top and it might bubble a little bit because I packed it down. I can shake it just to make sure. Yep, it's all covered, perfect. Now, this is an important piece. You will need some parchment paper if you have a metal cap because the vinegar in the apple cider vinegar can corrode metal. So I just use a piece of parchment paper folded in half. Um, I'm actually gonna clean off the lip here a little bit. Typically, I don't like to use paper towels, but because this has turmeric in it, and I know turmeric stains everything, I am going to use paper towel because I like my dishcloths not to be yellow. <laughs> All right, there we go. So now I'm gonna take this, place it right over the top, and then bring my lid on, and then just work it on like this. There we go. There is my, I'm gonna give it a little bit of a shape just to get all the ingredients mixed up a little bit more. Let's look at it now. There we go. 
So you can see everything blending together. Perfecto, I'm gonna let it sit here. So let's talk a little bit about how you're gonna use this blend and what you're gonna do with it and how you're gonna bring it to completion. So first, what you're gonna do is you're just going to let this sit for about a month. Um, I've done less, I've let it sit for about two weeks or three weeks and it still works, but to get the most out of it, you wanna let it steep in a dark and dry place for about a month. So you can stick it in a cabinet under your sink, you know, somewhere where you're not gonna forget about it. Do label it just in case, you know, you might forget what was in this jar. <laughs> um, and then in a month's time, take it out, pour it through some cheesecloth and then squeeze it out. I like to squeeze it out into a pirate's container that has a pouring spout. So then what else, so after I do that, after I squeeze it all out and I get as much juice out as I can, then I'll pour it back into this jar after I give it a rinse. And then that's when you add your honey. So with your honey, I like to use kind of raw local honey as much as possible, um, but it does need to be soft so it can be mixed in. So if it's that really hard honey, you might wanna heat it very, very lightly on the stove. You know, definitely don't boil it or anything, but just warm it up so it becomes more liquid. And then start with adding about an eighth of a cup into that blend and stir it up. And then once that's dissolved, you can add another eighth of a cup and stir that in and let it dissolve. If you have more liquid honey, you can skip that step of warming it and then taste it and just see how it tastes. It should taste very spicy, a little tangy, a tiny bit sweet, uh, and, and that's it. And then what you do is you store it in your refrigerator and on the first sign of a cold, or if someone else in the house is sick, you'll just take it by the, so adults will take it by the tablespoonful and kids can take it by the teaspoonful. Now my kids don't love this as much as I do. So my kids are five and under, so they might not go for the fire cider. I would say fire cider is gonna be a better fit for maybe kids like 12 and up. Um, I have other recipes that my younger kids use, which I can share with you in another video, like onion syrup. But fire cider is one where you have to be okay with a strong impact of spice. So take a tablespoon yourself and do that every few hours. You can take more than a tablespoon as well. I'm known to sometimes just take it out and take a big swig of it, right? Or I'll pour it into a shot glass and take a whole shot, which is more like maybe five tablespoons. So you can really dose this as high as you want to. But what it's going to do is it's going to boost your immune system. It's going to increase your blood circulation. It's going to fight off any bacteria or viruses. It's also going to numb your throat, which can feel really good. So it's analgesic on the throat, which can feel good if you have a sore throat. It's also expectorant. So if you're starting to get mucusy or if you have a cough uh, or have a lot of phlegm, it will start to break that up so that it can move out of your system more quickly. So whether you are at the beginning end of a cold or the tail end, you can take fire cider throughout any any part of your sickness. You can also, again, take it prophylactically. So you can take it if you know, you're feeling your immune system's a little bit weak, you're a little colder than usual, then just start taking it as you, as you wish. And it's just a really, really nice remedy. Some people also use it as a, um, as a salad dressing. So you could mix it in with a little bit of olive oil. And there you go. You've got a nice spicy salad dressing ready to go along with a cold and flu booster or buster, I should say. 
<laughs> an immune booster and cold flu buster. So give it a try. Let me know what you think. Uh, again, this is such an easy thing to make. Let me know your own recipes. I know there's a lot of different recipes out there uh, for fire cider. Again, I'm just using Rosemary Gladstars, but let me know what you've used, what you like, uh, and give it a try and let me know what you think. Let me know how it feels in your body. If you can feel all of those activities really, really ramping up your immune system. So thank you all for watching and I'll see you all again soon.